Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 107 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined, as always, by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Willie, what's happening, my man? Christian, what's up with your voice? You seem a little, a little tired. A little, no, I'm maybe good. Tan? I'm good. Yeah? I, I'm actually feeling... Um, I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling good. I mean, it's been a it's been a pretty brutal couple weeks stretch here, but I'm brutal. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good. I mean, we're still going, by the way. Yeah, it's it's not even like I don't know. I guess you the, get you get what three days home and then off to Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. and then similarly for Olympic trials the next week. So yeah, we're we're still in the thick of it. Then there's like a two week stretch before UWW Juniors in Vegas. Which will be different, not having the, uh, that's typically when we would have the U.S. Open, but this year, with it being the Olympic year and everything all different, it's going to be, uh... I love freestyle. Yeah, seriously. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's gonna you know, be it's great. I mean, the NCAA is, you know, you end with this freaking Super Bowl, you know, it's awesome. And, um, it's kind of cool that it's a different, it's a wholly different style with a wholly different set of circumstances. Um, kind of a different field. The weights are different, so you see different matchups. So you can go through this and have a big Super Bowl at the end, and then two weeks later, kind of still maintain your your momentum, right? Still ma- ma- maintain your interest level because the style is completely different. The matchups are completely different, and the circumstances are completely different. So I um, love that the high school versus the high school versus college matchups you can get at juniors. That's always mm-hmm. one of my one of my favorite things. See a guy like Joe Smith, Chance Marcel, or Jason Nolf, Mark Hall, all square off. Um, you know, you don't you can't get those at a lot of tournaments, but you can in freestyle. So it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll get some of those um, at the last chance qualifier this weekend. We'll get to that uh, towards the end of the show. But um, you know, this now the Super Bowl for this uh, particular season is Rio. Um, and Christian and, and Bader actually interviewed for oh. an NBC spot, um, for Rio and. Are you going to tell it, a story? Let me tell a story. All right. You tell Be a quiet story. Quiet your mouth. This is my story. Um, so it's pretty funny. It's funny. Now. I gotta get, I gotta get that shirt printed up too. Tony Ramos, quiet your mouth. Yeah. That would be a great one. Quiet your mouth. So in, I don't know, whenever Eastern States was, I get an email from, the lady with NBC that, hey, would you be interested in um, auditioning for a broadcast spot for the Olympics broadcast, okay? So immediately I'm freaking out and very excited and say, yes, I, I would like to do that. And um, all the while, the same thing happens to Bader. Um, and he gets an audition and everything. And so we go, we do it, not not together. Um, I have my audition one day. His is a couple of days later. 
We go there to the NBC thing. It was really cool. It was it was an awesome experience to to get to do that and to be considered it was amazing. You go, you do it in this fancy booth, and um, you know, you hope you did a good. Connecticut job. was it? Connecticut, Stanford, Connecticut. So they picked you up in a limo. Oh, it was fa- it was top notch. It was top notch. They picked you up in. I mean, it's called a limo. It's just like a nice Cadillac thing. So it was it was a really cool experience. Um, I got to do it, and obviously. I really freaking wanted it, like really so freaking badly. I wanted it, and I left there unsure. I thought I did well, but you just you end up second-guessing things that maybe they didn't even think about. So that happens, and then radio silence, nothing. You don't hear anything, okay? I don't hear anything. Bader doesn't hear anything. It's like a week goes by, two weeks go by, three Well, weeks. when was it? Like a month ago? No, it was – well – it was whenever Easter. No, I don't even remember. It was probably like a month and a half, two months ago. It okay. was like two days after Bader got back from Euregan. Whenever that was. Yeah, yeah. the The timelines are really fuzzy because it's very, you know, it, you're just gone so much. So, anyways, I do this and I don't hear anything, and I don't hear anything, and I'm like, oh great, this isn't good. So I'm like, I didn't get it, and I'm pretty bummed, a little salty. So then I get a call. I don't ever hear anything until this weekend at Flow Nationals. And I get a call from, from the lady, and I call her back because I was commentating, commentating semis. And I call her back, and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know. Um, you did a great job. It was a very hard decision, but we decided to go with someone else for, for the Olympic broadcast. So I'm like, oh, okay. Thank you very much, da-da-da, whatever. So I get off the phone, and I'm like, not happy, a little upset. Um, I'm a bad loser, and, and I really wanted it. So I, I wasn't feeling too good, and I just texted Willie because I was yeah. I was going. So, so this is where this is where the story gets actually funny. Right. So so, so Christian texts me, and he he's on the floor, and I'm up in the suite, and I and I immediately say to Bader, "Hey, Christian didn't get it, the NBC gig." And hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me tell it from my perspective first. Okay. This, this is what actually makes it funny. Okay, so I just text Willie. I'm like away. I'm I'm out. I'm getting changed before the finals. And I was like, I didn't get it. And Willie texts me back within like five minutes. John Smith got it. And I'm like, okay, Willie. Like I do a John Smith impersonation. Willie and I think that uh, we do like voices and stuff. And I so, <laughs> so I was like. This, you know how you have those friends that, like, when you're in a bad mood, like, they just want to tell jokes and stuff? And, like, that totally doesn't work for me, but that's, like, how they try to cheer you up. I thought that's what Willie was doing. And, like, I, that doesn't do it for me. I was, like, so I just ignored the text and, like, didn't talk about it with anyone for, like, 24 hours, okay? Until the Pittsburgh Wrestling Club, where Bader talks about it, he pulls out his Cowboy Up book, the, John, the, the book about Oklahoma State. He's like, did you hear who got it? And he holds out the, up the book. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, what? I was like, so Bader and Willie love to mess with me, and I'm very, I'm a very gullible person by nature. So I'm like, okay, they're they're just messing with me. And then he's, and Bader's like, no, John, it's John Smith. I'm like, are you serious? So John Smith is going to be on the Olympic broadcast. He he obviously got it, was interested and. In, I'm sure they were just waiting till after the NCAA season. So then, all of a sudden, I felt a lot better, right? Because it's like, well, because you lost at the you I, lost at the Johnson, the greatest wrestler in American history. This makes sense now. Um, well, he should have went with the low single. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So obviously, um, I thought that was very funny afterwards. I, but at, at least time, you didn't lose it to Rulon. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> why are you trying to Why are you trying to get me to say things? So yeah, I thought. That was kind of oh here's another point I don't even know if I told you this Willie, so my parents and family were all excited about the possibility, so I texted them that day that didn't get it so I'm on a group text with my family, and um, they my dad maybe knows who John Smith is my mom certainly doesn't my brothers do so I'm like they gave it to John Smith he's the greatest wrestler in American history six world two Olympics this and that, and um they're like oh well it was great cool cool cool. And I was like, uh, you know, I guess I'll just have to to work on, you know, making my uh, 
making an Olympic team here so I can maybe be be considered. And mom, <laughs> my mom, who obviously knows nothing about wrestling, she goes, wow, you should. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, legitimately thinks I'm going to be, like, making an Olympic run just because her baby can do anything. Um, so that was a, another funny little part of the story. One day, one day, um, you will – Christian will – do his John Smith impersonation. <laughs> I cannot get him to do it on air. It's great. He doesn't want to do it because he thinks it might be, you know, um, I don't know, embarrassing or, 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 I don't know, insulting to John Smith. But one day we'll get him to do it, and it's hilarious, and the fans will love it. So from one, from one cowboy, Oklahoma State cowboy, to another, Alex Derringer wins the Hodge Christian. Yes, he um, did. Christian might not be in total agreement with that. Well, no, hold on, slow down. I, I am, I am more than than okay with Alex Daringer winning the Hodge. He's okay. He's one hundred percent deserving. I, I, I think uh, I thought he would win. I thought, considering his career, um, that he would win. You know, but it, it's so. What's your beef? Because you've been arguing with me about it. Well, often. I, I do like to argue with you. I, I just don't understand, I guess, what what the award is, I guess, basically. I mean, to me, the, it's it's kind of a – it's obviously career-based, based on I, this. I, I guess my, my point was, and what we've been arguing about, is, is that Zane was superior or equal to Daringer in all but one category, which was, mm-hmm. which was um, past credentials. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that I think that it's clarified this way. Um, people that people that are very data driven. No, this isn't a data driven thing. It's not a data driven thing. It's just looking at the criteria they created and they're just saying, okay, record. Well, they're the same. R- number of pins. Okay, he has more. Okay. So the, is, the the award this is, criteria this is, is data. This is not. Da- I'm looking at the award criteria. That's not whatever you want to call it. That's the criteria they've created. I know, but you're going off. You're going off pins and texts and decisions and majors. No, and no, I'm not. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the award criteria, Willie, and I'm saying who stacks up how. That's all I'm doing. I'm looking at their criteria, Willie, and telling you which way it goes for each one. That's not like getting bogged down into the numbers. That's just looking at what they consider important and telling you who is better at those things. That that's not that's better, not yeah, but better but better based on what. Numbers, right? Number of but the criteria is number of pins. Yeah. Okay. So who had right. who had more pins? Right. This is we're talking data, Christian. I don't know what uh, you're having problems with here. Okay. Well, it's why numbers? Well, right? they they've well they've, maybe maybe let me finish my thought. All right. Before okay. You start. Okay. So the so the people that are very data driven and look at numbers. Admittedly, the criteria is set by the 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 award itself. And the Penn State people will both be sort of, I don't want to say upset, but both say, well, man, I don't know if this was the right decision, right? So the criteria and the numbers are not the end-all, be-all. They, they, they set the finalist up. And so when you have a year That's not where, what it says. It says the but, trophy is awarded based on seven I mean, that's how they determine the winner. Okay, it's not how they set the Alex finals. Derringer, Alex Derringer, and Zane Rutherford were very close. Did Zane have an edge in most of the categories? Yes, but that, that does not mean that's the final decision. Obviously. Well, okay. Um. Well, what are, what is the purpose of the criteria? You, I guess is my question. Why does that exist? To, to get a group of finalists. To get a group of like it was really hard to narrow down that I don't think that's what it's for. That's not what it says. The okay, award so, criteria so is not. Is, so what you're saying is you think that the Hodge Trophy gets awarded to the guys the the guy that has the highest percentage of bonus automatically gets it. No, not necessarily. Okay, then what are you saying? Because I I'm lost. Well, well, when you consider it's not just highest percentage of bonus, quality of competition. You know who who beat the more most most elite guys. You know. Daringer only wrestled four All-Americans this year and bonused half of them. 
Whereas right, you're getting, against right, you're, again, you're getting lost in the numbers. No, I'm not. It's called quality go. of competition. It's called quality of competition. What what other metric? I mean, I'm sorry that that requires. The numbers are pretty darn close, Christian. They're they're not actually. I mean, Zane is significantly ahead in in all of those. Um, if you if you look at majors tax pins, it's they're really close. Uh, not not actually. I mean, it, it's pretty significant. Zane had three more pins. Ringer uh, well, had also, major. not only not only did he have more pins, not only did he have a higher bonus rate, he did so against better against better wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you don't. You just want to be like, oh, it's just numbers. It's just. I mean, okay, okay. The the numbers side with Zane, but the numbers aren't the end all be all. That's so, what you guys got to wrap your head around. I mean, so. The numbers aren't the end of the story. That's well, what I'm saying. Well, then they need to change the criteria then. A guy shouldn't be able to be first or ahead of or tied with in all but one criteria and, and lose. And the criteria is no longer... And I'm not saying he shouldn't win. I'm saying maybe the criteria is not good. Okay. I mean, I just think you guys can't accept that. What? Accept what? I mean, I, I'm... But the numbers aren't the end of the story. If the numbers were the end of the story, then yes, Zane gets it, and we all move on. But the numbers aren't the end of the story. This is not a, this is not a data statistical uh, category uh, award. I don't know why you keep. I mean, yeah, it is based on all this, you do is keep going back to the numbers. Based, based on all this, all you it, do is keep going back to the numbers. You're That's saying not, you're saying it's not a, a data. Which one of these criteria is not data? Record. That's numbers. Number of pins. That's a record. Dominance, that's pretty um, data-driven. Past credentials, how high you've played. You don't, to, you don't have to lay this out for me. Well, it seems to evade you. It does not. It, it seems to evade you. That That's not the end of the story. Okay. You, you're, it's not getting through to you, so we'll, you, you we'll have the, so So what you're saying is they need to, they need to like make this big clarification like, um, we have these criterias, but then we also can use our judgment or okay. something. I don't know. What? I guess, I guess. I mean, I just don't think that's how they, they they didn't vote based on the criteria. That's obvious. Can we say that? And that's okay. Well, and that's you're okay. Saying, you're saying they, and you're and, and they is all the voters. Right. Yeah, the voters. They they didn't look at the, uh, the criteria. That's okay. They if they think if they watch Alex Daringer and think he's better than Zane Rutherford, I don't even know if you can argue with that. I think that's probably inarguable. And I think if you look at Daringer's last, his junior year, he was he was actually better than he was this year. But he can't beat Logan. How far it, away, how far did Logan blow everybody away in all the statistics last year? Not, it, he wasn't that far ahead of Daringer. I, 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 I thought it was clear. but I mean, It I was could, clear because he won four. It was clear because he was... Okay, it was clear because he won four. It was clear because he was actually more dominant than Daringer. Um, and it was clear because he beat better wrestlers than Daringer. Um, so for that reason, it was clear. I mean, it, it was it was a slam dunk for Logan. But Daringer, in most years, Daringer, Daringer's junior season would have won the Hodge this year, too. Actually, he had a better year last year than he did this year, yeah. statistically. And oh, yeah, I mean, one. if... If the award would have went to Zane, I would have had no no. The thing is, it's like basically you kind you kind of do get punished for your grade a little bit. I mean that's that obviously. Sure, sure you do. And I don't. You do. It's, because if Zane was a senior too, he would have won it. If Zane was a senior too and had gone five one one one, and Derringer went three one one one, it'd have been close. What would have been really interesting if Gwizdowski wins? Yeah, that would have been crazy. I think I think that honestly would have eliminated Zane. Maybe I think then it becomes well, which three time champ? And I think he, I think Gwiz wins it. If he I beats, think Gwiz would have won it too because he would have beaten a two. He would have beaten so many good guys at that point. He stopped a two time champ from becoming yeah. a three timer. He became a three timer beating Kyle Snyder. If he had done it, I think I think it goes to him. Even though he may have slightly trailed Daringer in. A few of the categories, I think, who he beat compared to Daringer, who, through no fault of his own, he doesn't miss a match, Alex Daringer. It's just 
165 has been largely vacant, and that could be due to him. You know, hey, you partially. Know, I don't. I don't know if we brought is this, this the up. closest. I want to say this before I forget. Is this the closest Hodge um, since when? Ness. I, I think Ness. Farner. Mm-hmm. Ness Farner. Mm-hmm. I think. Well, did Varner had a loss that year? No, no, no. He was undefeated. He he lost to Brester in the Big Twelves one year. I think that must have been a junior year. Yeah, he did. But, but uh, yeah, that, that the, the year that Ness won that was pretty hotly contested. But and did pe- we did did we mention that if if there was three point takedowns oh in the Gwiz Snyder match, it doesn't go to overtime. I know. Did we mention that? You know, it was one of those. I mean that match got pushed to overtime, and Gwiz had more takedowns. It was a two to one takedown ratio. Yeah, I mean that's that's something we've complained about a lot. The kind of the ratio with with how that works. We need three point takedowns. Yeah, we, we need mean, three point. Takedowns. You can't. There's too many. There's too many matches that are. Re- Look at Nation and Clark. I think we talked about that. We mentioned that one. We mentioned Gwiz Kuhn from a year ago, when. Quiz was taking it to him, and somehow it was a one-point match or a tied match mm-hmm. very late because Kuna. They really need to consider going three-point takedown, three-point reversal. Yeah. Reversals, reversals are like meaningless almost. They they really are. I if mean, unless like, you can get one at the end of the period or something. If um, you're like working on a switch, and you you have a chance to reverse them, you should just you let just, go. You just let them go. What's the difference? It makes Be, zero difference. You know what? He, you know what's a real skill is that if you're on top and you can get yourself in an almost reverse situation where a guy's on your leg, I've seen that beat so many guys where that riding time right accumulates, oh, accumulates. Yeah. Then you can just – all you have to do from top is get to a stalemate situation and you've eaten off 40 seconds. It's mm-hmm. um, it, it really is. It de- There's little incentive to push for uh, reversals uh, unless you're a monster on top, unless it's a certain point in a period. But by and large – and really, when you think about the, what a reversal is, going from a position of being controlled into a position of control, it's more difficult than a takedown. It, it, where in a takedown, you're starting from the same exact footing. You're both on equal ground, and you end up on top. It's not as um, difficult as being controlled and ending up in control. Yet, it's really, I don't know, there, there's not a lot of value to it, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. So I would love to see... Reversals incentivized uh, a touch more. Um, I would too. I think that would be great. I think I would too. I think they have to ha- take a hard look at that. I don't know. I don't know if there's any traction to it. We, you know, we've been saying it for I think a little while be. now, and I don't know. I, I hope they're contemplating it. I hope somebody, you know, I hope they get together, the rules committee, and and and. They, they just have to understand that the takedown to escape ratio ma- makes no sense. And they're no just, sense. They were just throwing stuff at a wall when they came up with that rule. And now I, I don't know why it's taken so long to figure that out because that's been the case for yeah since eternity like, forever. So there's that. Another um, – the only other Hodge that was contended that I can remember that was really argued about was when Metcalf won with a loss. Do you remember that year when he won over Gavin? Mm-hmm. But that year, he also won the the best weight in NCAA history and was incredibly dominant. So I don't even know. If yeah, was... I wonder how they like. I don't. Re- I remember the year. I remember the situation. I don't remember all the arguments. But how did they? How did they negotiate that? Well, basically, Gavin had the edge for record in that he was undefeated. But everything else. Everything else went to Metcalf. Went to Metcalf. He was far more dominant. And remember that weight he won. We gotta do was that, that was that the Splatel year? That was watch the Splatel. Mm-hmm. It's St. Ed's. A duel that will live in infamy. Okay. Nick Sorry. Ackerman was a division three guy, once won it with four losses or something like that. Yep. Tied Cal Sanderson. Um Okay, so another really interesting turn of events. Oh, happened over the weekend. Oh, well, this is kind of a two-parter in a way. Yeah, this is a two-parter. Periano gets extended, or not extended, the interim um, tag for Drew... No, not Periano. Oh, my goodness. Matt Storniolo. Matt Storniolo. Do you? Yeah, I say Periano instead of Storniolo. I don't know why. Whoops-a-daisy. Okay. (laughs) 
Matt Storniolo was the interim coach this year. Now he is the official, legit head coach, no strings attached guy. Apparently they like what they see at Northwestern, so they're sticking with him. Um, and with that, Nick Renan has since asked for his re- release from his national letter of intent. And now, asked for, received. He received. He asked he, and received. We actually, I mean, we, we heard rumblings that he was going to ask for it, and and it was such a hectic time that we kind of sat on it. We didn't run a story on it or anything, and, and it was actually requested that we not. And then um, it comes out like at the exact same time. Periano, interim tag removed. Nope, Re- Storniolo. Storniolo, Jeez. interim tag removed. Renan, granted release. Yeah. So Renan, now there's this mega recruit, super stud, on the market, and he, he's being hotly pursued. There's like a there's a there's a direct flight I think from every major D1 campus to uh, wherever Wyoming Seminary is because the, the coaches are all headed there. He's going to be going on visits, and uh, uh, he's a, he's a difference maker in my opinion. Well, and and in this day and age, I don't I don't know if. This has been the case since I've been following recruiting for 10 years or 15 years. Uh, I don't remember a, a, a guy of this caliber being available so late. Right. Uh, it, you know, in this day and age, in, in this climate of recruits verbally. I mean, hey, he verbaled when he was a junior, be- yeah, before his junior year sep- started. Se- it was like September of 14, because I remember I looked it up. It was like a while, I mean, way before he needed to. So, you know, recruits of this caliber just aren't available this late anymore. And so now you have an Uber recruit available in April. In April. So now there's different things factoring who can go after him, who can't. You know, the there's a lot of schools that were holding a a full ride for for Mark Hall. Well, he, Mm -hmm. he only went to one of those schools. That's Penn State. So... For that reason, you know, those guys that were kind of left empty-handed, now they may have something left over. They may have that full remaining for Renan. And, you know, some may not. Some may not be in that in that situation. But, um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. And it's I, interesting, too, that, you know, Renan comes off the board his junior year. So schools, you know, they're not going to recruit him anymore. There's money allocated for other guys at other weights. And even in his weight, they found guys to take instead of him because he's not available. And so now the list of suitors gets complicated, not only by money, but by teams having people locked into his weight classes anyway. Right, right. So the, the list gets pared down. Do we want to talk about what might be the Schools well, or no? I don't know about that, but I know it's, it's interesting you miss you mentioned weights because Renan is so unique. He really is because he can literally go three different weights for between mm-hmm. sixty five and eighty four. You know when he was when he was a sophomore, and this is where it gets dicey with like projecting weight classes. I think I do a pretty good job of it, but um, there's also some that I just completely tank on. And when Renan was a sophomore in high school wrestling 52 or whatever he was um i was like this kid he got a frame he's gonna be 84 he might be a 97 he's got this frame and he walks around at 75 right now yeah so obviously a guy that walks around that light is probably a 65 but you know you put him in a weight room maybe he gets a little bigger maybe he gets you know obviously anytime you go to a deep they've been saying that for three years well well it's a different ball game when you get to college. You know, yeah. kids don't dedicate themselves to the weight room, a lot of them, properly in high school. And, I mean, look at a guy like Ty Walls. Not mm-hmm. that Nick and Ty Walls are very comfortable. He was like 218 when he got to Tech. Now he's like an absolute monster. Just things change. Things change when they get on campus. So he's got this flexibility in weight class. He can wrestle right away or he could redshirt. I think there's flexibility there, too. So yeah. yep. he's the ultimate. It's all it's it's a good situation. It it opens him up to a lot of schools. It's not like he's a heavyweight, and if you have a heavyweight, you don't need him. Right. Kind of thing. That's it. He's kind of a guy. Um, 
You can wrestle them right away. You could you could move your 74 to 84 and insert Renan at 74. You could you could move your 74 up and put him at 65 if you need a 65. You know, there's a lot of flexibility there. Yeah. Do you want to talk schools or do you want to not talk schools? I, I'm I'm cool with talking schools. Let's talk schools. Okay. So the the big content. Well, I don't want to say anyone's not a big contender, but to me, all know, everybody's all in, right? I like. Yes. There's. I think everybody's all in. Like, um, he, you know, as soon as that went down, he, you know, Reed and also Nick also said about tweeted about everybody calling him and. And he's getting all these calls, and and um, people are texting us, you know. Yeah. So so uh, everybody was interested. Everybody was interested. The major players. Um, so go ahead. So, NC State, Ohio State, Arizona State, Virginia Tech. I believe all all those teams are are really in the mix mm-hmm. for Renan, and. I think I'd be surprised. Uh, maybe Missouri, maybe Missouri. Although I don't get the fit at Missouri, as well. Uh, yeah, I don't quite. I don't quite either. I could see it. Maybe I don't know. I mean, some like, someone it sends someone good to the bench eventually. It sends someone good to the bench, and it's money that they don't necessarily have to have. It would be good for like three years from now, but in the immediate future, it, it they're wasting money essentially because somebody's somebody good and that's on money is sitting. Right, right. So um, not not an immediate need there. Not that he couldn't probably break through. And, and so the, the schools that Christian mentioned just now are are schools that seem to have the need, seem to have the fit. But there are also teams that I would say are interested that aren't immediately come to mind as being in those categories, fit and money and need and um, I think teams like like Iowa and Oklahoma State are yes are maybe dark horses that you have to say let you have to think about what does this work and and maybe like a Lehigh maybe yeah I hadn't heard them but you never know you can't rule out a school of that caliber and obviously education is a big piece you know this is a guy that was go- was planning on going to Northwestern one of the best schools in the country right so, so- obviously that's important to him. So for Renan, money and education are a thing. Obviously. Like a big thing. Yeah. So we'll see. I, I You know, this is a kid with, with a lot of good options, and I, I don't know where he's going to wind up. He's got three more visits I think he can take. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. He's Very already- rare. Very rare that we have this caliber recruit and this recruiting story so late. Um, where would he fit in? So Arizona State, they, I mean, they could go, they could go Valencia, Arena, and Valencia. That would be ridiculous. That, that's what, yeah, Valencia, Arena, Valencia, Benick Hall, um, and with Shields at probably, I guess Shields at fifty-seven. So that would obviously be pretty dang good. Now, great back half of the lineup. How about where does he slot in at Ohio State? At Ohio State is it's really interesting. Um, it, it depends. You know, what does Bo do? What does uh, Daniel Lewis and Miles Martin do? Um, I, I think right now for them, he'd be a good 65, but they have Isaiah White. Um, I think Bo should probably, Bo Jordan, you know, I think he moves up, don't you? I think I, I think Renan's flexibility plays a large role into any potential Ohio State talk because you would think Bo Joe moves up. Um I mean, if they could have, if they could have Renan sixty-five at least for one year, right? Renan sixty-five, Both. Bojo seventy-four, Miles eighty-four, and then plug in Colin Moore at ninety-seven. That's the back half of a lineup, boy. Yeah, that's really that's really tough. I think there's they they've got fle- like because of Renan, he gives them flexibility in their lineup. Maybe Bo wants to stay and Miles wants to move up, or maybe. Nick goes 84 right away. I, I don't think that would be ideal for him to go 84 as a true freshman without getting to really build his body up, but you never know. Um, and Isaiah White is an interesting wrinkle in, in this. Is he a 57 right now, or is he a 65? Well, Where do you project him? Getting Renan, I think he's a 57. Or, okay. Yeah, I think he's a 57. Uh, right now, 
maybe he's another guy that builds up into a 65. But, you know, Bo only has another year. Mm. Right? He has two. Right? He has two. He has two? He's a soft, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. sophomore. Yeah. So. Isaac has a year. I mean, then you'd be talking, if, if you talk about, if you talk about Reenan at 65, then you're, then you're messing with Jake Ryan and uh, Isaiah at 57. Right. You know? Right, so they ultimately it works, but it may not be as seamless. But then there could be a scenario we're not looking into, or maybe you know he redshirts a year, and that gives him a little more, even more flexibility. Mm-hmm. So that's an interesting, definitely an interesting spot. And when you consider Nick's um, freestyle, his international aspirations, it, it makes Ohio State, Arizona State, very, very interesting prospects. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And obviously Oklahoma State and Iowa you know, for those same reasons. Um, okay, so where does he slot in at NC State? Oh, I mean, kind of wherever, right? Like he could go, um, he could go seventy four. He could mm-hmm. redshirt. They maybe maybe they redshirt him. Um, you know, that that's what I would maybe see coming. But you know, he could go. Roscoff has one year left, right? Mm-hmm. So one more year of. Of Max, and then he's gone, so they could use him. But they also have the Bullards coming in. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I think I'm sort of fascinated. And the, the schools that the schools that we're discussing right now are, seem to be, for the moment, and this is like sort of an ever changing thing. But for the moment, these schools seem to be the ones that have are in the forefront um, of of being most realistic. But I am kind of fascinated by the possibilities of. Iowa, Oklahoma State, and maybe even Nebraska. I don't think that any of them really seem that likely right now, but... Um, How about Burroughs tweeting at him? Yeah, Burroughs tweeted at him. I mean, because that that lineup... I mean, he's a plug-and-play right now at 65 for them. They just graduated Austin Wilson, and they have... Nebraska has really good recruits coming in in the back half of that lineup with Bresky and Eric Schultz, who's gonna be damn good you wait till you wait till you see eric schultz um he's gonna be damn good patrick race and so the back half of that lineup is really good and he can work out with burrows and james green um often um oklahoma state i think he slots in there nicely um i think he slots in there very nicely uh and and iowa now iowa has a lot of bodies and coming in with uh alex marinelli and, and caleb young but if they figure something out there, I mean, maybe Marinelli can go 57. I, I don't know. I think I think it's – I don't know. The recruiting dork in me uh, and, and how I love to juggle future lineups around, I, I can't help but look at how Renan would fit in or impact um, Iowa and Oakley, Oakley State and maybe Nebraska and some other schools. Yeah, yeah. So – it's a big story because of, of when it's going on. It's a lot of attention for one recruit, but um, I, I think it's warranted. He's a, he's an impact guy, and at this time of year, it's it's unique. It's a unique situation for a guy to be in, and I gotta imagine it's a decision that will come uh, sooner rather than later, like in the next couple weeks, right? I mean, it, he's got to get into the school and all that stuff, right? To be applied or whatever. I don't know how's it, how that all works. Yeah, I don't even know what's the what's the timetable on that, right? Like, cause he didn't apply to these schools. <laughs> right, right, and maybe for all you know, he's just been filling out app filling out appies in his spare time. I have no Make idea. Get an appy. Get an appy for the jobby app. job. Okay. All right. Flow Nationals happened. That happened. And uh, you know, and uh, Dapper Dan, otherwise known as the Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. Um, let's talk. Let's talk a little flow nationals first. I, um, the tournament, man, I really loved it this year. You had some guys that I think, I think, really made a name for themselves. For real, um, uh, you know. I got three. I got three. That okay. Send them. My three biggest were I was like, holy cow, that's a Division One wrestler down the line. Were and this one's kind of obvious, but I'll say it. Brian Courtney, holy mm-hmm. crap. Anthony Mantanona, holy crap. And Noah Adams. Mm-hmm. What the heck? What the heck, Noah Adams? Yep. That kid. Noah. 
Yeah. I mean, and and for Noah being an upper weight and just th- the landscape of those weight classes, that he has got to be so coveted right now. He's got to be such a, a huge get. I think, I think he could really do some damage at the next level. Already committed to West Virginia. Am I right? Yes, I believe so. So Dub V's already got. Uh, I think a really solid, really good 97 heavyweight waiting in the wings. With Mantanona, I see a guy that is not refined to the highest degree yet. I see uh, there's a little bit of rawness there, but I think his spirit kind of his... No, no, Adams, Adams is tech. You sure? I well, thought there I was have... some West Virginia guy going to... Uh... No, Adams from West Virginia, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm getting confused about a West Virginian. You sure? West Virginians are easily confused. <laughs> I'm not a West Virginian. Uh, no, I'm talking about Kyle Bracky. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, I have him down here as Tech. Hey, um, what's interesting to me is when you're talking about Brian Courtney and Mantonona, both of these guys I saw as... as um, junior high eighth graders or ninth graders and i was like these guys are the truth these guys are going to be legit and in this day and age where you have mark halls and yannis and dayton fix and spencer lee right and there's such the truth gable stevenson there's such the truth from as an eighth grader and then they never miss a beat. They're always studs. I mean, you're talking about guys that are top five in the country from their eighth grade year, freshman, sophomore. They're always that guy. And then you see a Brian Courtney or Anthony Mantonona who you're like, this is the next, this is the next big thing. And they aren't really a Mark Hall. They aren't really a, a, um, a Yanni. You know, they take some lumps. Maybe they take... Maybe they don't place in the state tournament as a freshman. Maybe they take um, fifth as a freshman. Um, But then two years later, when they're juniors, they are freaking amazing, and they they come back to the surface. Um, Brian Courtney is a guy a couple years ago beat a very tough Lucas Hall, and and he placed um, Mitch Moore – tweeted the bracket the other day or oh, the final yeah. the final awesome. place and it was an amazing weight class with Yanni and Rudy Yates and and Mitch Moore and and uh uh an eighth grade an eighth grade Mitch Moore an eighth grade um Sammy Sasso a ninth grade Justin Mejia and it was just a a monster weight that Courtney did some damage in and I really liked him at that time and then he kind of settled then he kind of settled back he dropped a match here and there um, and when we were on, we were on, uh, the cadet world trip, um, with Yanni, I talked to Yanni a little bit about, about Courtney and I said, man, you know, I thought, I thought Courtney was going to be a world beater by the time, by this time. And he's like, you know, I work out with him all the time. He's like, he refuses to cut weight and he's just. You know he's just gonna wrestle wrestle his natural weight and and he's get he's getting good man he's getting really good and now we see it. Yeah, we saw it and he, frankly, he, he dismantled a couple of really tough guys and namely he he majored Justin Mejia and there's people saying you know there's people there's California people saying there's Iowa people saying um, well it's not you know it's not fair that you know a 26 pounder gets a five pound allowance he comes down he's too big it wasn't about big it wasn't about size no that was not about size Courtney is freaking good he he was better he was better then he was better all tournament you could see it trending that way um, for for Courtney I mean I, I we all talked about it. In, in the booth, this is going to be a matchup nightmare for Mejia, who is going to attack the legs, who is going to shoot. And I thought Mejia looked good. I mean, there was points that he didn't look sharp. There was, but I thought he was very gritty. I don't know. I'm not down on Mejia. No, no, not at all. It's uh, you know, matchups matter. Courtney will probably these guys probably won't be competing against each other in college. Maybe they will. Maybe Courtney's a 25 pounder in, in college and. 
We he's have, really thin. He is so he is real thin, very thin, but obviously very strong. And I think another thing, Mejia was so aggressive once he got down behind that he ended up leaving his legs wide open and mm-hmm. let Courtney in pretty easy. And we saw that Courtney's a really good finisher, so it kind of got I snowballed. Mean, Courtney's leg attacks and his leg defense were outstanding. Yep, I agree. So he he looked awesome. Anthony Mantanona. Who Anthony Mantanona? Wait, wait with Courtney. Kid. Courtney, it's is it kind of assumed he's going to Cornell? That's like I mean, that's the word. A lot of people are, a lot of people are saying that he's Cornell's to lose. He he's from Athens, PA, which is, um, I mean, right on the border of New York State. And not a far drive at all from Cornell. That's why he works out with um, Yanni at Finger Lakes Wrestling Club. And and if he is in fact now, um, he's you know after his high school PIAA performance and Flow Nationals performance, he's another one like Renan who is going to get phone calls ad nauseum. Um, things could change, but if you think think about. Courtney maybe going to Cornell and Courtney, Vitalia Raju and and oh my gosh and Yanni in the same class oh my gosh they're all the same grade yeah so four years of those three guys that's unbelievable though I and I think all three of those guys are really really special really special I think they are too I think they're special kids uh, Mantonona another kid he, he uh where's what what's Who's in on him? I have no idea. But after Flow Nationals, everybody. You know, there's a lot of kids made a lot of money this weekend. Seriously. Um, Mantonona being one of them. And, for and, sure. You know, Mantonona is a kid that he goes for it. He goes for broke. He like He's really strong. You know, he gets to those, um, takes a leg attack and brings it up to an upper body position and horses you. Uh, he's fun to watch, and, and he... Really attacks. He's part of that new kind of opened up style of offense. Uh, His he is so he's got like freaky strength power too. Like he he's unbelievably powerful for his build and um, you know you see a longer lanky guy. You don't think of this dynamic lift blow through you kind of thing, but he's just he's got freaky strength. You can see it in his wrestling. Mm -hmm, Mhm. Mhm. And then. And then you have Noah Adams. Yeah. Um, Brock think- Brock messaged me. He says, I'm correct about West Virginia. So Brock is listening, by the way. And well, then maybe I, I must have had it wrong. I, no, I just felt, but I, I Googled whilst we, we discussed. And he had verbaled to Virginia Tech early, but apparently. You well, know, that changed, huh? That changed. But I, I haven't gotten that confirmed yet. But according, I'm almost positive that's what he wrote down on his sheet. Because huh. we had That's those finalist sheets, so so things change. Anywho, Adams gonna stay home, and uh, I I think wherever he goes, West Virginia, Virginia Tech, whatever, he's gonna be dang good. He's gonna be dang good. Really like him, uh, <laughs> like his upside a lot. There were a lot of good kids though. I I thought it was that was a great tournament. My first Flow Nationals, interestingly, Willie, enjoyed it. You liked it? I loved it. Loved I it. thought it ran. I, I was very happy with the way it ran. I was very happy with the talent that was there. Very happy with the numbers. You know, um, the, the the bad thing, the only bad thing about it was, um, first of all, I like it's To me, it's the greatest setup for a tournament. It really puts the kids on display. Um, it's presented the right way. It runs it runs well. Um the only thing that I wish was different was uh, the calendar and having yeah. to be on Easter weekend. I would prefer that not be the case, but um, for the last two years, we had to we had to have it on this weekend. Now, next year, um, Easter is way far back in April, so uh, I, I think the calendar works uh, in Flow Nationals' favor next year, and, and I think it'll be another great year. Great. Great, can't wait. The, the response was the response was awesome. Like, uh, I mean, people were tweeting, "Thanks so much for the way you run things," and and thanks so much for the opportunity. And man, Flow Nationals was great, and and so the the response was awesome. I, I enjoyed that. Absolutely. So Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. The next day, we drive, you know, yep. an, hour, an hour and change to 
to Pittsburgh. And um, my first, uh, we'll call it Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic, what used to be the, the Dapper Dan. My first one your, of those, too. You you got a two firsts in one weekend, two huh? Two firsts, two firsts. So that was... Um, you had your first Uncle Sam's sub. No, it wasn't. Cause, it wasn't? Uh, Coach Peters and Coach Headley took me there when, when I visited last year. So I already Did knew about that it? place. I loved it, and I loved it again. Kind of wish... You, yeah. So did you ever have Fermani Brothers? I did. Actually, ironically, I had that at West Virginia, like the day before. I had. What's better, Uncle Sam's or Primani Brothers? Uh, Uncle Sam's, in my opinion, is better. Primani yeah. Brothers was a. You know I don't like to get. The, the sandwich was was ridiculous. I mean, you can't eat it with your hands. You can't it, eat it. It's, it's ridiculous. It's fallen. You can't even pick it up and contain it. It's not really a sandwich. It's like. No, there's a basket of fries in between two slices of bread. It's. It's, it's untenable. It's 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 impossible to eat, and I don't like to be get my hands all messy to begin with. But that, but I just I just uh, couldn't find yeah. a way. I to once eat it. watched Christian Piles eat chicken wings with rubber gloves on. That that happened. Christian Piles. Uh, no, Christian it, Piles ate chicken wings with gloves on. <laughs> with wait, medical gloves. Hold on. You have to tell that that's not the whole story. That sounds a little crazy in a vacuum. I don't, think, I don't think any details need to be said beyond that. Listen, we're ladies at... and gentlemen, Christian Piles ate chicken wings with gloves on. And I was I was applauded for my genius at the time. Now listen, here's what happened. It wasn't you've seen me eat chicken wings many times sans gloves, right? Just answer that question. I eat chicken wings without gloves always, right? Except for mm -hmm. that one time, right? So I have a track record of eating chicken wings with my – the only instance where I didn't was at Iron Man when they ran out of napkins, okay? It's in the middle of the tournament. We're trying to get some food down. So what am I supposed to do? I'm not going to be able to clean my hands. There's no paper towels in this school anymore. They're all gone. So what do I do? I improvise. I find these gloves, and I wear them. I can get as messy as I want. Then I'm done. I just take the gloves off, and I'm clean as a whistle. To me, it was it was an inspired moment. It was one of the smarter moments of my life, and I don't appreciate being ridiculed for it. <sighs> oh. But anyways, Primanti Brothers are it's just too it's too messy for me. You can't you can't eat that sandwich. It's like a sandwich salad. You have to eat it with a fork and cut it up. So go All Uncle right. Sam's. Okay, so the big stories at uh, Pittsburgh Wrestling Classic. I'm gonna have a hard time not saying Dapper Dan. Seriously. Uh, Chad Red didn't make weight, so we didn't get to see a Chad Red Luke Pletcher. Um, Bummer. I was bummed. I mean, because that match was awesome several times. Right. The the Flow Nationals final was amazing. Oh, the, amazing. The Who's Number One match was I probably mean, better. I mean, yeah, the, I meant the the flow the Who's Number One match was the one. That was the mind. one. That was great. That was. I mean, if I had to pick a match to watch again or to watch for the first time. It's probably that one. I just That's feel like I feel like the the matchup just inherently produces excitement. Um, I love both. I, I felt for the uh, Indiana kid that had to wrestle twice. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he was like he, he lost. Like, the, I didn't I didn't sign up to wrestle Luke Pletcher. Yeah, exactly. Like he lost to the Whippeal guy. When that happened, I was like, oh my goodness gracious! Because like Drew Hughes, Drew Hughes wasn't on the main card. Yeah. But so, it's like, okay, this guy is obviously... But Drew Hughes is a top 10 guy. Right. You know, the funny part about that is Pennsylvania, well, I think his final score was 28-20. I mean, I don't know if... So so Drew Hughes had to bump bump to the... Um, he had to wrestle in the main card as well because Tommy Bullard got hurt. And to be honest with you, I don't know if... I don't know if... Bullard beats Wenzel, but Hughes did. Right. I mean, right. that's a close. That's a close match. That's yeah, a thing. Yeah, I, I came away thinking Drew Hughes is pretty daggone good. He's going to Michigan State, right? Yep. Yep. He's and we'll get we'll get to that in a second. Some Michigan State stuff, but we before that we have to talk to um talk about Mark Hall. Mark Hall mm. got taken down right off the bat, and and credit Austin Bell for coming to wrestle because um it was one of those things. It's yeah, Mark Hall is insanely difficult to take to finish on, maybe not all the time uh, difficult to get in on, but to finish on. And when he's in that opening flurry, and Mark Hall's just about taken down, you're thinking, 
uh, he's not going to be taken down. But Bell kept fighting and fighting and got the takedown and, and made it interesting. Yeah, I and I think that's, I mean, those are kind of the, the scenarios where you see might see Mark Halkett and taken down. Even though he's amazing upper body, he is just ridiculous. Leg defense, when you're on his legs, like, mm-hmm. you you have to blow through him or something. Even we just saw Anthony Valencia couldn't do that. So I, I can't wait. You know, Bell fought, but Mark Hall just had the composure necessary to, to get it done. And, you know, it, it was cool to be there for his last high school match. And I'm excited he's going to be doing uh, last chance and juniors and all that stuff. So, yeah. We'll, that's that's the cool part. You get to see these guys kind of. Man, you know what's tough is uh, juniors, junior worlds are, are the week after Rio. Mm. So, like, I'm gonna have to, or whoever wants to go to both, is gonna have to fly to Rio, then directly to France. That doesn't sound exhausting. That doesn't sound economical. No, not not terribly, not terribly inexpensive. Go look up a flight from your hometown. To Rio, to France, back to your hometown. <laughs> it's going to be a, a little bit of cheddar. I glad, know. Glad Flo's footing the bill for that one. Yeah, seriously. So, yeah, that's um, that's juniors. That's juniors. Where to now, Willie, with, with, well, with six minutes to go? I said that we were going to talk a little bit about uh, Michigan State. And, you know, let's – sometimes – let's just say sometimes we aren't the nicest bunch, but I think – I think that it's important that we're not always the nicest. I think wrestling has gotten into – I think wrestling is a sport that's a closed-knit sport, especially um, from the media aspect. Traditionally, it's always been, um, you know, don't say mean things. You know, yeah. it, it's, a, it's a fraternal thing, and we're not going to poo-poo anybody um, because we have to see this guy when we go to an event and um, – you know we're we're above that, but but that's not how the world works, and that's not how mainstream sports are. And and you want to call it like you see it. You want to say this guy's doing a bad job. You want to say uh, this needs to be changed, and the leadership needs to change it. You want to say um, they shouldn't do that. They should do this. This this rule needs to be changed. These officials made a bad call. You want to be honest, right? At and, the end of the day, you want to be honest and not just um, make stuff up so that the situation seems more legitimate than what it is. You want you want to put your big boy pants on and, and treat things in wrestling the way uh, other big boy sports or organizations. You know, politics don't pull any punches. Big football doesn't pull any punches. They tell it how it is, and I think wrestling deserves that same. Um, truthfulness. Right now, in saying that, sometimes we're a little mean. Mean. And, and yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We're mean, and and oftentimes we, you know, we've made judgments about people. And the reason that we're bringing this up is because over the course of the last week, we've ran into guys that we have, sh- frankly, shredded. We've we've, you know, we've ran into Moyer. I talked to Mike Moyer at EIWA's. Christian talked to him at Dapper Dan. Um, we've poo pooed on Michigan State and 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 them, them promoting Roger Roger Chandler, who has been part of an organ uh, part of a program that um, hasn't Had lived success. up to expectations. I a couple months ago, two months ago, ripped on Jeff Swigert from. Central Dolphin, and we ran into these guys, and it's it's a little bit of time of repentance here, right, Christian? Yeah, and and I I think we'll, I'll say this that uh, us being I don't know coming off as as anti these guys, what I'm apologizing for I guess is not that we went after people because I think there's definitely a place for that, and I think that's the point Willie was making. So it's not that it's you know we. I reserve the right to change my opinion based on new information. And, and with, with Coach Chandler, you know, I what I've been able to understand is that this is a guy that really hasn't been able to run things his way and hasn't had that the kind of control that maybe um, 
you know, is necessary to turn a program around. And now he's going to get that. And I think me saying that Michigan State doesn't want to win when they when I said they uh, they were keeping Roger Chandler, I shouldn't have said that. And I think Roger Chandler deserves more than a shot. And they've got guys coming in, and uh, they they have really good guys coming in, which has been a problem. You know, so, getting the horses has been a problem for Michigan State. So I'm I'm uh, you know I I apologize for that. And so the moral of that story is. Let's give let's give Roger Chandler a chance here. Let's give him a chance. Uh, you know the story I was told, and this isn't from Coach Chandler. Um, this is just talking to people who wrestled at Michigan State. Is Coach Minkle ran every single practice, and and, and Chandler sh- and showed all the technique. So so the the beef was that Michigan State has drastically underperformed, and when they make a coaching change, now they're gonna now they're gonna not change the direction of a program, but continue with a guy who was part of an underperforming program, and. So that was everyone's knee-jerk reaction. Well, that's not the way to go. You're just going to get more of the same. Um, but when you talk to people, you find out that Roger Chandler's was his hands were tied. He wasn't allowed to do the things that he thought was best to make the program as good as it can be. So maybe we we owe it to Roger Chandler to um, see what he does. Yep. So for that, I apologize. And um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's a very rare thing. Whatever. I, that's Christian not true. Apologizing. That's not uh, true. Don't. And don't I, I owe an apology. I owe an apology to, to Jeff Swiger, the head coach of, of Central Dolphin. Um, a couple of weeks back, a couple of months back, there was this sort of gaff uh, in the finals of Cumberland of Valley their, Central Dolphin, their, their district tournament, right? Cumberland Valley and Central Dolphin, and it's a big heated rivalry, and one. Um, one school was um, blamed for having a kid lay down, and then the other school was blamed for having a kid lay down when he wasn't really when he could have continued. And I made the comment that I wasn't I wasn't such a fan of of Central Dolphin. I wasn't such a fan of Jeff Swiger, and um, and I and I admitted at the time that. Uh, I never really talked to Jeff Swiger, and I didn't know him personally, and it was just the vibe I got, right? And so at Dapper Dan this weekend, Pittsburgh um, Classic, Coach Swiger comes over to me and says, do you have a second to talk? And I was like, well, this isn't going to go too well. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And the guy couldn't have approached it any better. The guy couldn't have been a nicer guy, and I don't think that I've ever had a situation where um, my opinion of a man has been turned on its head within a five-minute conversation. Um, And he's like, you know, Will, I have the utmost respect for you. He's like, I love the things that Flo does. I just, um, I don't think you've been around me or or the Central Dolphin program enough to, to really make that judgment. I just, I just wondered, you know, what led you to, to, to have these opinions about me. And I, you know, I said, I said, well, you know, the, the first thing is the fans, right? I like it's the same thing. I hear the fans say certain things and I've been around them. And, and he was like, Whoa, he's like, let me tell you something. I agree with you. I've told our fans, they need to tone it down. They need to be more respectful. He's like, I can't control all that. And I said, you know what? Uh, uh, I get that. I said, you know, Central Dolphin had they went on a run there. They were unparalleled. Their success for a while there in Pennsylvania, they were freaking amazingly dominant. And that's going to breed new fans and that's going to bring a breed a big boisterous crowd. And so, you know, maybe I shouldn't hold Coach Swiger on the hook for the way all the fans act. And and you know, maybe whenever you have a big large fan base, there could be a thousand people of them and 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 five of them are acting up, and and you walk away from that saying, "Well, Central Dolphin fans are crazy," and really, it's only a couple guys, right? And mm-hmm. I think we've all said, well, I think we've all said that about Penn State fans and 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 Iowa fans and everything, um, and, and professional sports fans as well. Um, so I guess what I'm saying is that maybe I rushed to judgment, maybe I threw out some characteristics. Uh, my assessment of Coach Swiger. Uh, was based on circumstantial things and not necessarily 
um, him. And, and he gave me other details, too, that I'm, I'm not going to uh, divulge. But, but uh, at the end of the day, Coach Swiger, I couldn't have walked away with uh, feeling any more impressed about him and totally wrong about uh, the things I said about him in the past. So, um, yeah, he definitely earned my, my respect. Excellent, excellent. Any more? We can keep going with this? No, I, I mean, sometimes sometimes we're big and bold, and, and sometimes we get it wrong. Yeah. I think there's two examples where we got it wrong. Yeah, and it won't be the last time we're wrong. No, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, shoot our mouths off again. It's, it's part of our charm, maybe, to an extent. We're, we're kind of brutally honest at times, but um, it, it's honest, you know, if nothing else, and we reserve the right to be wrong, I guess. Um, so yeah, are, are, are we good here? We didn't even get to last chance. Um, uh, yeah, last chance qualifier coming up. I'm sure we're, we're Christian, are you able to run this back Thursday? What? what if we did it tomorrow? You got a thing tomorrow? Can we do it tomorrow? Uh, I'm, I've told you on numerous occasions, I am willing to do this show every day if you want. Mm -hmm. So let's see what would it's happen. It's up to you. Let's, uh, don't, don't, don't put that evil on me. Um, let's it's do on it, you. Let's do it. If we don't do a show, it's on you. That is categorically untrue. He's lying. Uh, it's not true. Let's do let's do it tomorrow. Let's do it tomorrow because I'm going to Virginia Beach Thursday. AKA right. AKA the 757, AKA NHSCA National. So let's do let's do it then. Tomorrow. All right, cool. Tomorrow. Run it back. We'll run it back. Okay, let me play the outro song here to make this official. And uh, thank you guys once more for tuning in to Flow Wrestling Radio Live and. We'll be coming at you back tomorrow. We'll have a lot more to, to say and discuss, and we'll look on to towards the Olympic trials, the last chance qualifier, the action going on this weekend, etc. Maybe more apologies. You never know. Um, it's a time I of repent. It. It's a time of repentance for Willie and I. And uh, <laughs> thank you once more, and we'll see you next time, guys. <laughs>